Welcome to Healthcare Experience Matters. This podcast is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation and is dedicated to transforming the healthcare experience so that every person can receive and deliver the best care. We invite you to learn more by visiting healthcareexperience.org. Hello, Healthcare Experience Matters listeners. Joining us today is Laura Orr, an accomplished executive leader with nearly two decades of operations, strategic planning, and board governance experience. She has deep expertise in facilitation and leadership coaching, and she was most recently serving as chief strategy and governance officer at Children's Wisconsin. Now she serves as CEO of Forward, and I'm going to ask her a little bit about her background. Laura, welcome to the show. Casey, thank you. And um, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about this conversation today. Um, So much important discussion around boards and the impact in healthcare organizations. But sure, I will um, start with a little bit of my background. You did a great introduction. As you said, I spent over 20 years in healthcare and that, that spanned everything from human resources, operations, service line leadership, strategic planning, governance, and kind of all other duties as assigned along the way. Um, Really great career in corporate healthcare for sure. And as you said, today I'm an independent consultant and executive coach. And in that work with Forward, I partner with CEOs and governing boards and really work to maximize governance practices and ultimately drive results in the organization. Um, So what I do is I help organizations evaluate their current governance structures and their processes and create improvement plans around that great work. And then the other thing I do, as you mentioned, I provide executive coaching. And I do that both to senior leaders of organizations, but also board leaders who are potentially um, new in their board leadership role or incoming. And in that work, I just serve as a thought partner in tackling a wider range of um, challenges that leaders are facing today. Oh, thank you for elaborating on that introduction. I think that gives listeners really good background and foundation to what you're all about as a professional. So let's talk about what drives your passion for coming to work every day and doing what you do. Um, What's your why? Yeah, great question. So Casey, I know it's hard to believe, but not everybody jumps out of bed every day excited about strategy and good board governance, but I do. So I'm a unique animal in that way. But, you know, I've really had the opportunity to see what I would say is the power of a strong board and the impact that a strong board can have on culture and organizational results. And when you think about it, you know, a board oversees Everything from strategy, quality, finance, compliance, risk, the CEO relationship, ultimately. So if we can get those things right at the top of the organization, the real power in that is the outcomes that are delivered to the patients and the families at the end of the day. And when you can draw that direct line from the impact of a strong board to the outcomes at the bedside or in a clinic visit, it's hard to not get excited about the work that I get to do with boards and CEOs. Definitely. And now let's talk about kind of the heart of today's discussion, which is the challenges facing executive teams and boards in today's healthcare landscape. So first of all, tell us about these challenges and what you're seeing out there. Yeah, thank you. So, you know, probably no different than you're hearing um, from other leaders today. 
We're all aware, I think, of some of the really big strategic headwinds that are facing healthcare leaders and boards right now. They're not for the faint of heart, that's for sure. So, you know, as I'm working with my clients, the things I'm I'm hearing a good bit about, obviously, the financial pressures are real. They have been for years, but they are increasingly so. And the staffing shortages we are all keenly aware of. Consolidation continues. That can be a positive thing as we're seeing continued consolidation of healthcare systems. It can also add um, significant stress and strain to the system. The other thing I'm seeing, the out-of-industry disruptors and competitors, whether that's retail or private equity or some tech firms that are coming into the market. And the other thing that I'm working a good bit with boards and CEOs on um, is the whole uh, the whole um, opportunity around diversity, equity, and inclusion, and specifically the board's role in diversity, equity, and inclusion in healthcare organizations. So all of those are complex. It's really critical that the executive team and the board are partnering in these complex strategic discussions and decisions. We talk a lot about the management team and what their role in all of these complexities are, but it's really important to remember you have that governing board to, to not only bring along the way, but to also pull from their rich, their rich knowledge and experience. That is a great breakdown for us. So let's talk about key elements of effective governance that's helping meet these challenges and take them on head on. Yeah, thank you. So Wow, there's there's so many key elements of effective governance. We could probably spend a few days here, but I will I will not do that to you. Um, I often work with my clients on on seven, I would say about seven, six or seven key elements. And there is a PDF on my website that your listeners can download that'll just have this information listed out. But the first one I would say when you think about effective governance is board structure and composition. And what I mean by that is just starting with the basics. So you want a streamlined board and committee structure with really clear delegations of authority. So once you have that high functioning structure in place, you can then start to focus on what are the competencies and the diversity elements of the board that you can optimize. So some of the questions I ask clients to think about are, is your governance structure, so including your board and your committees, is it as streamlined and nimble as possible? Is there unnecessary duplication anywhere? And do you have a multi-year board recruitment plan aligned with organizational strategy? And what I mean by that is we want boards to start thinking about What is our organizational strategy? What are we going to accomplish in the next three to five years? What are the headwinds we're facing? And therefore, what are the competencies and attributes of our board members that if we had around the table could start to propel that strategy forward even faster? And that is an intentional, challenging, but very fruitful board recruitment strategy. So board structure and composition, super important. I would say um, number two is leadership. And this is one I could spend a long time on. But in my mind, one of the most critical decisions that a board and a CEO can make is who the board chair will be. So your board chair needs to be someone who has deep knowledge of the organization, the willingness to commit significant time and attention, and something we've learned really hard in the last several years is you need someone with the ability to lead in times of crisis and in times of calm. So going forward, we have to assume that our board chair is going to face a crisis. And that can be 
a pandemic. That can be a reputational crisis. It can be a quality incident, but your board leader needs to be able to manage through that. So I ask people to think about um, what's the culture and the process related to board leader succession in your organization. Have you identified the required competencies for your next board leader? And do you have a succession plan in place at the end of the day? And it's just a incredibly critical element of board governance. So leadership would be number two. Number three, I would say briefly, is just roles and responsibilities. So this is where we talk about getting super clear on um, distinguishing between the roles of management and the roles of the governing body. And so getting down to very tactical elements of outlining responsibilities and a job description for your board leaders, making sure every committee has a very clear charter and everyone knows who's responsible for what. It sounds very simple, um, but, but you would be surprised at how many organizations don't have this completely outlined. So roles and responsibilities and clarity around that key element of effective governance. The next one, um, the fourth one I would say is relationships. And this is another one we learned even more about during COVID. So a trusting and transparent relationship between the board and the management team is absolutely essential to have high-performing governance. And it requires time and intentionality. So this trusting, transparent relationship does not happen organically. It requires some intention by the CEO and the board chair. And what we learned during COVID, when you think about these relationships, when we moved to an all virtual environment and it totally stripped out the organic um, informal discussions prior to a board meeting or at a break during a board meeting, we lost some of that relationship building capacity on a person to person, person interpersonal level. So as we are moving back into um, in-person meetings, that relationship, that bonding is incredibly important. The fifth one I would say is board development. And this is all around education, making sure our board members have the information they need. So when you think about healthcare specifically, when board members join a healthcare board, it is very rare that they're coming in with deep healthcare knowledge. And we know Healthcare is a very unique business, a very unique business model. So the onus is on the management team to make sure that all members have the information they need and the resources they need to effectively carry out their fiduciary duties. In turn, I would say it's important to note that board members have a responsibility to engage in those development offerings. So it's one thing to push those opportunities out. Board members have to be willing to embrace those and participate, if you will. Number six is, um, I would say, meeting optimization. What I mean by that is the majority of the time we have with our board members exist in formal meetings. So those face-to-face or Zoom-to-Zoom meetings with our board members is where we have to get a lot of work done. So how we optimize those meetings is critical. And one of the things I work with boards and with CEOs on is how do we move more towards strategic discussion in our board meetings and and more away from reporting out of very rote business items that can be provided in advance or in other modalities. So really moving board meetings towards strategic discussion. That sounds easy. It's not always, uh, always that easy for sure. 
And then the seventh one, the last one, I would say is something that gets overlooked a good bit. So when I think about effective governance, I also think about what I call robust support. So it's behind the scenes, making sure you're investing in the administrative support, the tools and the resources, things like board portals, things like um, development opportunities, administrative support behind the scenes to make sure that the CEO and the board chair are set up for success. So that one I think is important to note as well. Laura, tell us about the role of the board in elevating that healthcare experience. Yeah, I love that question. Thank you, Casey. I um, I actually think many people don't stop and consider the direct linkage between the governing board and the ultimate healthcare experience. And in my mind, the role of the board here is significant in many ways. First, what I think about is culture starts with leadership. And ultimately, the board of directors are the highest level leaders of the organization. So to create a culture that's truly patient and family centered, the board has to understand what that means, be committed to the outcomes and oversee those results. So first of all, culture starts with the board. Second, the board oversees quality. And so they should be approving and monitoring all of the key quality indicators, which of course includes experience. And where there's underperformance, the board needs to understand why that is and what's being done to improvement. On the flip side, where there is success, the board needs to be celebrating that. They need to be visible and celebrating that. So the other part of this is the key indicators for experience in my mind should be, often are, should be tied to executive compensation, which the board also oversees. So that's a that's an easy linkage. And then the other thing I would say, um, there's a great opportunity for boards to be visible in the organization and see firsthand how the overall experience is being delivered. So I'll give you an example. I have a coaching client who's a CEO in a healthcare organization And we recently worked together to generate more board engagement opportunities. How can they get the board truly more engaged? And as part of that, she's actually started patient and staff rounding with her board members. It's an amazing opportunity for staff to see the board members and for board members to see the application of everything they're hearing about in board meetings and in quality committee meetings. Um, So that I think is a unique opportunity. So those are just a few thoughts around the board's role and experience, but but the key takeaway there is it, it can make a huge impact. It's necessary. We've been talking with Laura Orr. She's the CEO of Forward, and I'm going to just ask her if she has any final thoughts or anything else that she felt was important to add to the discussion before we wrap it up. Yeah, thank you. And again, thank you, Casey, for having me today. Um, great opportunity for this discussion. I think in closing, I would probably say um, don't underestimate the importance of the board in driving your strategy and delivering outcomes for patients and families, really making that linkage from the very top of the organization to the patients and families we serve. Um, Really think about your board as a strategic asset that drives results and invest in your board, Um, invest in the board, education, coaching, engagement opportunities that investment will pay dividends for the organization, for the staff, and for the patients for many, many, many years to come. That's excellent, Laura. I would love to have you back on again. Um, But for now, thank you so much for your time today. 
Thank you. I really appreciate it, Casey. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. Healthcare Experience Matters is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. To learn more, please visit healthcareexperience.org. That's healthcareexperience.org.